0: Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Up with Michaela Salmantri. That is me. Guys, it is the middle of September, and tomorrow is supposed to be 81 degrees here in Minnesota, and I'm scared. I'm scared it's going to be one of the last warm days, but I'm ready to enjoy it, embrace it. I just reached out to a friend asking if she wants to do something around sunset. I just want to take full advantage of it, really. And that is kind of what today's podcast episode is. Is going to be about. Um, one of my other friends, Anne, recently asked if I was going to do a fall bucket list episode for the podcast. And I thought that was a great idea. I honestly wouldn't have thought of it if she didn't ask about it simply because, you know, I make like a, well, I guess I had a summer bucket list episode. But typically I don't really think to make one in the fall, probably because I'm just sad that summer's over and getting ready to hibernate. And, you know, I'm I'm learning how to be a fall girly, but naturally I really dislike this season. Everything's dying, it's getting colder, everything that I love to do is closed for the season, you know, like summer type of activities. And the days are just getting shorter and shorter, but I think the best way to get through a season that isn't your favorite is by embracing it as best as you can and looking for like the positive things to look forward to or enjoy. So I did take the time to make a small fall bucket list that I'm going to share with you today, but I'm so open to suggestions here. So if you have anything that is on your list or that you want to do this season or anything that you think I would enjoy, I would love to hear it definitely looking for ideas to um kind of have a better season. I've definitely noticed a bit of a a shift mentally with this new fall seasonal time just within my own day-to-day productivity, activities, sleeping routine. Like it is shifting. I feel like in the summer my body like wants to be up as early as possible because the sun is up, it's warm out, I got to seize the day and it's harder for me to Find a reason, I guess, to do that when it's cold or I don't want to go outside necessarily or it's gloomy or it's raining, so I'm definitely very sensitive to, like, see the seasons for sure, Um, but it is what it is, I guess, and today we are definitely looking at the bright side, but I have a few other things I want to talk about today in this week's episode as well, so stay tuned, but I always like to start each episode off with a... Weekly update of what has been going on this last week in my life. I hope you had a wonderful week yourself. Um, I honestly don't think I have a lot on the list today. Um, I saw my boyfriend for the first time in almost two weeks this last week since he's been sick. So that was nice, but we didn't do much. I mean, the weather was not the best. But um, yeah, I really wanted to make sure that I did not get sick when he was sick because um, It already sucked that I couldn't see him when he was sick, or I guess chose not to, just to you know, err on the side of caution. Um, But if he had gotten me sick, then he wouldn't be able to see me for the following couple of weeks or however long I felt sick, and then we would have lost more time. So it was a bummer. I definitely felt a little bit like our weekend was wasted, but I just did my best to be as productive as I could while he was sick and get whatever I needed done so that I could enjoy our time together when I did see him next. We went to a art festival this last weekend. We went to the, they call it like fall into the arts. It's the Centennial Lakes Art Festival, which we went to last year. Um, So I did want to go back again. And I've been a lot. I actually grew up within walking distance of this one. So I used to walk there a lot as a kid. Uh, We didn't get anything though, because we are going to the Renaissance Festival soon, as well as Iowa, funny enough. So, you know, we had some bigger um purchases I guess coming up so we were being really careful but it's always nice to get inspired and walk around an art festival and see kind of what's going on in the area we always run into people that we know too as well and it's funny because at this point a lot of the art festivals host artists that um, rent like a booth or a tent at different festivals. So I feel like we recognized a lot of the work and a lot of the artists from different art festivals that we've been to together throughout the years. But I'm kind of recording this earlier in the week than I usually do, just because like I mentioned, Ashton and I are heading to Iowa soon for kind of like a wedding ceremony, celebration, reception, it's not like a wedding. I didn't mean to say ceremony, I meant to say celebration. But it's like an open house reception type of celebration of a marriage. So we are going to that and it's going to be really fun. This is um, if you watch the Bachelor franchise at all, this is my official hometown date. Like I'm getting a hometown date. I'm going back to where my partner grew up, and he's gonna show me around, show me his schools, probably the house he grew up in, his old um like restaurant that he worked in. So I'm really excited. I'm totally just gonna pretend I'm on the Bachelor hometown date episode. Um, when we go and live it up, it's a really small town, and the way that he talks about it, I have no idea what to expect. So we'll see. But I'm sure I'll share parts of it with you in next week's episode as well. Um, and I love weddings and like going as somebody's as my partner's date is always fun. So I've got my outfit planned. What I'm not looking forward to is the drive, though, because it is almost a four-hour drive south. Luckily for the first road trip that we've taken together, I'm not the one driving. I am a little bit, a little bit nervous. I, um, I am usually the one that drives because I feel more, or I guess I feel less anxious, not more anything, but I feel less anxious when I'm the driver, um, more in control. And it keeps me busy and it gives me something to do. Whereas if I'm the passenger, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's like longer than a flight that I'm used to taking. So we'll see. I'm sure it'll be stressful. Like trusting somebody else to drive on a road trip is hard for me, especially because his car is smaller. So I'll probably be passenger seat driving a little bit. Um, But yeah, I have not been to Iowa since I was like 14. Um, So should be. Should be an interesting week to say the least, or not week, but you know, time when we're down there. Um, I'm also meeting with my book club this Friday. See, I usually record this later on in the week, so I feel like I have more to talk about then. And I do want to talk about my book club, but I'm looking forward to it because we're going to this winery that I love. Um, And it'll be good. Like, I'm so glad that we kind of created this book club. It's five girls including me and it, regardless as to if we're talking about the book I feel like it's just socially so good for me to have that girl time and that girlhood time the book time to just chat and like get out of my house and yeah I mean it's just really nice so I'm looking forward to that um, I also love the winery that we're going to as well so it's going to be such a fun afternoon with them I also just heard back from my friend Maddie tomorrow like i said is supposed to be like 81 degrees and sunny gorgeous september day so i was trying to think of something to do and i invited her to, i invited her to come over and like drink wine um on the hills i i don't want to like okay marnie can you hear her purring i hope the mic picked that up that is so funny she is all over me right now and i'm trying to record um I live, I have these like super hilly, I don't want to like describe where I live, but there's a really beautiful lookout spot where a lot of the girlies I've noticed will go during sunset or golden hour and like have a picnic or take pictures and, um, I asked my friend if she wants to come over tomorrow night and do that, and she just responded in all caps, Yes, I'm so down. So I'm really excited. That'll be, I just want to like embrace it, enjoy this hot, warm, summer, like sunny day that we have tomorrow before it's gone. So we might try to take some golden hour pictures or at least just catch up, drink wine, have a great night. So I'm looking forward to that. I feel like I just had to share some of my week's plans for this episode instead of what I did because I am recording this somewhat early. Um, but beyond that, week's been pretty chill. just getting my work done. you know, realistic work day in my life vlogs are that I posted like a month ago maybe at this point. It's kind of reflective of my day. It's like weird because whenever I do try to summarize or if Ashton asks me like, what did you do today?" And I'm just like, oh, just work. it's hard for me to verbally explain like why it took me eight hours to edit, respond to emails. Prep like Instagram content or like working with brands, getting that deadline like filled. But it does take a lot of time. Um, I don't want to try to like say it's more work than it is because I never want to come off like that influencer in a bubble because I know it is like a dream come true, but it does take a lot of time. Um, if you want to do something well and if you love it, obviously, like I do. So, Yeah, I've just been spending most of my time doing that and then reading, but I'll share what I've been reading to the end of this episode. I feel like I kind of covered all of that, though, so we can, or at least everything I wanted to touch on before getting into my fall plans or fall bucket list, I guess. I also, I haven't really decided yet fully if I want to touch on this, but something else has been going on this week that has been a big stressor. And I don't know if I'm gonna fully talk about it or just talk about it a little bit, but I might touch upon it like my friend Maddie was saying I should because it just really shows like the downside of this topic and like as a cautionary tale. So I might, we'll get into it as I like keep talking, I guess. Oh, another big thing that happened this week um, thrifting, antiquing i love both of those things and i do it a lot ashton and i actually went thrifting and antiquing this weekend and then my mom and i went thrifting and antiquing the previous week a little bit as well and recently i have been finding amazing steals amazing deals just getting really lucky right place right time snatching up something that i've always looked for for a couple of dollars and i recently found this new place Um, That Google Maps was saying, you know, it had so many great reviews of people saying this is like the best thrift store Um, and the prices were amazing. So I went there with my mom and got so much stuff for literally $23. I got like golden candlesticks. I got a fall candle for 99 cents and it was like a decent sized candle. I got two books because all their books were buy one, get one free. I got this amazing, adorable vintage little like... um, ceramic glass bronze warm hued little lamp with a fairy on it or at this one has a cherub on it I have a similar one that's a fairy but it's like that same style this lamp was four dollars I could not believe it like I've seen similar lamps at Goodwill for fifty dollars which at that point it's not even really thrifting um, but everything at this place was so fairly priced and something that I saw When I was there with my mom was this mid-century wooden glass um, coffee table that had a ton of items on top of it for sale. But the coffee table was also for sale. And I noticed the table was only $9. And I was so taken back by that because it's so, it's a very common mm, style decor piece for today. Like, I don't want to say it's trendy, but... It's definitely back in style and a lot of people have found similar similar items thrifting or antiquing, but a coffee table for that price was unheard of. And I was telling my mom like that table is beautiful. Like cannot believe it. Of course, my mom thought it was hideous because she grew up during like the first time it was in style and everything that she grew up with, think she doesn't like the style cuz you know, she associates it with like the 70s or 80s, which I totally get. Like as soon as the early 2000s kitchen decor comes back, I'm going to think it's so gross and not cute because I grew up with it. But I couldn't stop thinking about this table. And then Ashton and I went to Hunt and Gather off of like 50th and Xerxes, which is a pretty, like, I'd say it's overhyped at this point. I used to love it. And then it started to blow up among the Gen Z among the Gen Zers, Gen Z discovered it, and now everything there is overpriced. Like Ashton was shocked because he he kind of decorated his whole tattoo shop primarily out of this antique store. And when we went, everything that we wanted was seventy five dollars, two hundred dollars. All these candlesticks that he bought for his shop are now over a hundred bucks, and he's like, "What is going on? Like, this is so not how it used to be." And I agree. Like I saw a lot of cute stuff there. A little like glass bowl was 90 bucks. Like it's just not worth it anymore and it's because in my opinion they can get away with it. Um I've noticed a price increase there since the last time we've been there, but I also saw the same table that I saw at the other thrift store here. Um like very same, like wood, glass. It was in the basement. And I checked the price and Hunt and Gather had it priced for $150. I sent a picture of it to my mom and was like, oh my gosh, like the table that we saw is here for $150. And my mom was saying how I should have bought the coffee table for $9 when I saw it. And that really kind of made me regret not buying it um, simply because of... How much it was at hunt and gather and how much of a deal it would be. and it was beautiful. Like I do really love it and I'm slowly but surely preparing to furnish my basement. I want to do like a full basement makeover video. You know, I have a guest bedroom down there. I've got a bathroom, I have a living room. I want to make it like like a basement. Like my, the goal is like a grandma chic vintage basement, but cute with like a fully furnished guest bedroom for couples or anyone to stay in. And you know its own bathroom is down there. So my idea was I could get this coffee table for the basement and start preparing for this makeover, for this video, and all of that. Um, so I went back the next day, hoping it was there. And I've done this before. I don't know if I talked about this, but I think I did in last week's episode, where I regretted not getting candlesticks. And I like drove back to Goodwill, and they were gone. Now, I'm really glad I didn't. Update on the candlesticks. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't because I ended up going, or I'm glad that they didn't have those candlesticks because I ended up going thrifting with my mom the next day and I found even better candlesticks, like exactly what I was looking for, for $5, which is so much cheaper than the ones that Goodwill had. So it all worked out. But as I was driving back for this coffee table, I kept thinking like, it's, if they have it, it's meant to be. If they don't, it's no big deal. Like I passed it up, I don't need it, whatever. And I go there and the coffee table is still there and it's $9, which again blew my mind. So I immediately snatched it up. Whole other side story here is that it didn't fit in my car which I never saw coming. I've never once had that issue. I have an SUV, like Ford SUV, so it's a big car. Um, and yeah, I just assumed it would fit. But because the coffee table was like a hexagon shape, it was very, very wide, like a big circle, hexagon, you know? And it was too wide to fit anyway into my car. The trunk, the side, we put all the seats down, wasn't going to fit. So I was just stranded on the curb. Luckily, I called my dad, and he was able to bring his car and help me out. Thank god. Like, I'm really grateful for that. So we got it home. And then I Google-searched this coffee table just to see. I wanted to see, like, the history of the brand, maybe get a sense as to how old it is or how much it's worth. And I saw a website that had the exact same coffee table on it and it was listed gosh, I feel like I should take an ad break here because it was just so shocking to me, but this coffee table online was listed for $450. 450. And I got it for 9 bucks. I have never had a better thrifting steal like that. Like, oh my gosh. And I, no part of me wants to sell it, but I just cannot believe how insane that is. Like, regardless as to if it's overpriced on the website or if I just got an amazing steal of a deal, like, either way, it blew my mind. And I'm so glad that it was meant to be and that that coffee table was meant to come home with me. I keep having to, like, take Marnie off the table because she keeps coming up right against the, the mic. Oh, update on the cats, because if you're a podcast listener, this, I mean, knock on wood, but this might be the first episode where Marnie's not throwing up in it. I did get soft food. So the cats are now eating wet food and dry food, and so far, no throw up. So Marnie loves it. The second I opened the first can, she was like on the counter trying to eat it. And she just licks the whole thing up, which I do feel bad. Like, I don't know if it's her teeth that is, like, maybe she just, her teeth hurt or something. And that's why she eats her solid food, like, completely solid. But either way, it's working great. They're getting wet food now. And they're bougie little kitties. I had no idea how expensive it was to, I mean, I did have an idea. That's why I didn't do it. But yeah, it is pricey feeding your cats canned food. Those things are like a $1.50 each. So, <laughs> it's like more than my La Colombe iced coffee cans that I like to buy. Actually, no, it's about the same price, but still. So, now they are bougie cats with a complex diet, but they're getting a mix of turkey and chicken and all the goods. I got them like a combo pack to figure out like what flavors they like the most and which ones they don't like. Um, but hopefully, that stops Marnie from throwing up every time I am recording a podcast episode. Long story short, though, or at least what I'm trying to get at is I found an amazing coffee table for $9 that is retailing for four fifty, dollars And it's the best find of my life. I think it's beautiful. I love it so much. And I can't wait to finish my basement so I can show you. OK, now that I feel like I've talked about my week fully, fall plans. I have a little list of a bucket list as well as just my plans for the season, so let's get into that. This episode is brought to you by Banish Skincare. I've been using Banish products for three years now and my skin is forever changed. Banish uses natural, clean, and fresh ingredients that make your skin glow, clears up blemishes, reduces redness, and signs of aging. Not only that, but Banish has this at-home micro-needling treatment that has truly changed my skin. It's brightened my face. It's reduced my acne scars. It's reduced acne in general. And um, this is not just an ad to me, but I recommend Banish to everyone. It's the only skincare company I will use and have used for years. They have this awesome vitamin C moisturizer, retinal serum, mint cleanser, sunscreen, like literally every skincare product they have and they all work amazingly what's awesome is you can get all these products in bundles that allow you to save money or you can purchase them individually but try out banish today i do have an affiliate link in the description of this episode as well as a discount code for you so use code michaela10 at checkout that's michaela10 for 10 percent off i promise you you will not regret it if you got it, monetize it has been my mantra since 2020, and I firmly stand by it. If you have a talent, skill, or something that you are good at, you can monetize it. I really do believe that there is a way to make money doing what you love, whether that is crafts or dance, public speaking, gymnastics, yoga, there is a way to monetize your passion. So check out my new merch in my Script spring shop linked below to wrap your passion in a stylish and cozy hoodie with the motivating reminder of if you got it, monetize it. To say thank you to my listeners, use code PODCAST, in all caps, um, at checkout. That is PODCAST for 10% off, linked below. All right, fall bucket list. So I don't know why I made a fall plans list and then fall bucket list, but I think overall my biggest plans for the fall time is just to hibernate and save money While, (laughs) while also being active and furnishing my basement. Like... I want to stay in, but go out. I want to save my money, but finish furnishing the house. So it's going to be a balancing act for sure. I don't have big, major plans, though. Um, I think the biggest thing going on is seeing the Taylor Swift Heirs Tour film next month. I am so excited for that. Ashton doesn't even know what's in store for him. He's going. I'm taking him. He has no choice, but I think it's going to be really fun. He, like, I don't know how serious he was about wanting to go to the concert, but he did make like a sarcastic comment about how he wanted to go with me. I went with a girlfriend, but he was like, oh, like I was really thinking I was going to go. I don't think he wanted to go at all, but when we got closer to the date, he said that. So I want to take him to the film, the movie, so that he can experience it with me. Um, but besides going to Iowa, seeing the Taylor Swift film... Um, We're doing the Renaissance Festival one of these weekends. We were supposed to go to that last weekend and change of plans. So we're going to try to do that next this following weekend. Um, That's always fun. And then, yeah, no other really big plans this fall. Like I mentioned, I do want to try to finish my basement, especially going into the winter months and spending more time at home and inside. It would be really nice to finish it. I guess my basement is finished. Like it's a finished basement, carpet, everything's in. It's just empty. I've never really used it and I want to make it like a den. Like it would be really cool to have a kitchenette bar corner which would be more down the road. Like I would love to put a sauna down there as well. That's not what this video is because girls on a budget right now, but at least get some chairs couch tv like something down there maybe like a movie projector it would be a really nice space to have that and then just a simple bed frame and bed dresser make like a little guest bedroom get some bathroom essentials down there and you know make a fun makeover video because those types of videos are some of my favorite not only to make but also edit and share with you i just uploaded my bedroom makeover which Was such a fun project and i love seeing all of your comments about the results so i think the next big one will be my basement and i'm in the early stages but you know i'm talking to a couple brands about some items and i'm bookmarking some things online starting to get a plan in place so we'll see what ends up happening but i think i will definitely make some strides with that renovation well it's not really a renovation as much as a makeover but I think a lot will happen within the next couple of months regarding that. Um, but other than that, I really just want to like enjoy the nice days when I can and do my best to take care of my home. So, like I mentioned, my friend Maddie's coming over tomorrow, and I'm gonna walk her to this really scenic place by my house where we can like see the sunset, enjoy golden hour, and just have some girl time. Um, but I do feel like I'm mostly just getting. Getting my den ready to hibernate this winter, honestly. Like the house is just getting cozier and cozier. And I feel like I'm really mastering the evening lighting here. I've got a lot of cute little lamps, a lot of warm lights, LED candles, candles in general, candlesticks, under cabinet, mood lighting, like everything. I just want a ton of little lighting in the nighttime to make it super cozy. So Marnie is laying over everything right now. Laptop, mic, everything. And I. every time I, can you hear her purring? She's so loud. Every time I put her on the ground, she just hops right back up here. So we're sharing my personal bubble right now. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of plans, that's what's going on the next couple of months. But just for fun, I did make a bucket list of some things I would love to do as well. Um, the first few things on it I already mentioned, you know basement makeover and then seeing the Taylor Swift eras tour film in theater. But some of the other things that I have were just some things that I thought of that would be primarily nice like date ideas for cold weather when we're not outside as much. The first one was actually on my summer bucket list that we never ended up doing yet and that is going to the Mill City Museum downtown. So I've talked about this in my summer bucket list video, but it is a really fun. I mean, I've never been, but my friend went when she was visiting Minneapolis, but um it's one of the old mills, like flour mills that burned down and it's been turned into a museum on like the history of the like Minneapolis industry and flour mills. I mean, general mills started here during that same peak time of like the industrialism revolution and all of that. So, um I don't know. I like history. I like facts. I like learning stuff, and it's really cool to be like in the ruins where this event happened and learn about the city and the flower history, and the view is really cool. So, we've tried to go this summer, but with between Ashton's work schedule and when the museum is open, the only day that worked was Sundays, and our Sundays always fill up so fast. Like we haven't had a free Sunday all summer because it's the only day that is free. For both of us, so it gets filled up really quick with family events, um, any event that we want to go to. It's like the Renaissance Festival, for example. We've tried to go since it's opened, and that we'd only have to we can only go on a Sunday, and we are like squeezing it in to be honest to try to make it work. But hopefully, we can go to the Mill City Museum. I also think it would be kind of fun if we need something to do to go to the. Um, Minnesota's largest candy shop. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like, and I've been there before. It's definitely fun for anyone who has a sweet tooth. I mean, they have candy from all over the world there. They've got like old, um, like vintage candy, I guess you know, like if you grew up with like the the ribbons or zots or like really nostalgic stuff. So it's really fun. I think Ashton would love it. He's never been, and he's got such a sweet tooth. So I think he'd be in heaven. But um, Other than that, I have making plans with family. I saw my aunt yesterday for lunch, and it's been a long time since I've seen her, and we were just kind of like talking about a lot of other people in the family, which made me realize I haven't seen anyone in forever. Um, so I, I'd, I'd love to see some family this fall. Um, I don't have any plans really to travel besides going to Iowa. Um... I don't really travel in the winter unless something comes up i know last winter ashton got asked to guest tattoo in new york at like a tattoo shop as like a guest artist for a week and that happened fairly quickly so i guess there is the possibility still that we could be traveling but at the moment there's nothing planned or booked until next spring but you know i'll I'll share my plans when we get there Oh, I am getting a tattoo in October. So that's something to look forward to. I mean, hopefully. But I am in the books, so hopefully that will go well. The reason that we have to wait is because I'm just too tan right now. And if your skin is really tan, it doesn't hold the ink well. I mean, basically, tan skin is damaged skin. So we're just waiting until I lose my summer tan a little bit. And then the tattoo will heal better. And it will just overall be a better tattoo. So. I am excited for that. It's been almost a year since Ashton gave me a tattoo. Obviously, I'm not like his his biggest priority and I want his time to go to actual like clients. And there hasn't been anything that I've like manically needed to get right now, but I am ready. I've got two tattoos or maybe three in mind that we are hopefully going to get. Uh, follow me on Instagram because I'll be sharing it there first. Maybe I'll vlog I should vlog it honestly, so we'll see. That is coming up in less than a month. Um, but that's everything really on my fall bucket list. I think the majority of it is just going to be a balanced routine, taking care of myself and my home, and hoping that I have a good winter. I feel like a squirrel. Like I'm literally hibernating, hoping for a good winter, preparing my den, all of it. But. Yeah, let me know if you have anything on your fall bucket list that you want to do, especially if you are local as well in Minnesota and you have something something in mind. I'm sure it would inspire me. Oh, I'm going to my friend's um, brand. She's having like a brand launch party in October, and she invited me and my other friend Maddie. So we're going to go to that. That'll be like a good creator networking event. So I'm so pumped. Um, I don't really get to do stuff like that often. The creator circle here is a lot smaller, but when events like that come up, it's very exciting, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, But that's it for my fall bucket list. Okay, how far into the episode are we? Only 30 minutes. Okay. I'm so hesitant to share this next thing. I definitely want to talk about it and vent, um, but I don't want it to come off wrong I guess. So there, I just want to have like full transparent transparency with the story. Um, because obviously, I've I talk a lot about being a creator and being open about kind of stuff that creators don't really talk about. And sometimes it goes really well, and this is a really smooth and dream come true of a job. But obviously, there are some things that happen. God, Marnie is literally all over. If I don't catch her right now, like what I'm doing, she'd knock over everything. Um, but obviously some things do happen that don't go as smoothly and cause a bit of stress and a big part of that is just like working with brands now I've talked about working with brands in the past and I've shared how usually it's always a pleasant experience and especially if you get a brand that has experience working with like clients or influencers, and treats you well and with respect, and understands deadlines, and is communicative but not overbearing, and pays you well, you know, for your time, and doesn't try to take advantage of you or any in any way. And those brand deals are like chef's kiss; they are sent from heaven above. Those are the ones that you want to maintain like a good relationship with and try to collaborate with again in the future. It's awesome. And then there are some brands that, you know, work overseas. A lot of them come from China. A lot of them will email you at, like, 2 or 5 in the morning because of, like, the time difference. Marnie, uh uh-uh. She's digging in my plant. I know I've said how my cats don't really show interest in my plants at all, and they usually do care, like, are really good with that. There's this one plant. It's the palm tree one that they love to, like, Get all up in there and dig in the dirt. So she's being a little naughty tonight. Um, But yeah, and then there's some brands that are a bit more difficult to deal with that are emailing you in like very broken English or sentences that don't make sense and just not being as considerate or whatever. And you can tell right away, you know. And a lot of those times I just don't agree to the collaboration. Um, But sometimes. If it's you know a brand or a product that I'm interested in, um, I might try to work with them. Because most of the time, it turns out fine. It's great. It, it's manageable. Um, never really had a big issue. And then I think I've talked a little bit about compensation as well, where obviously, if you are working with a brand, if you are giving them a full ass commercial, girls should be getting paid. Like, and they know that too. These brands know that they are saving so much money by asking an influencer to share their product instead of making a commercial or spending money on like a boosting brand for like Facebook or Instagram images or whatever. So they know they're saving money. And with that, they might try to take advantage, especially of like young influencers that they think don't know better who might not have a team or you know the easy prey I guess and they will try to give you like the longest list of deliverables without paying you at all and that's where like you as a creator have that feeling of like I deserve better because you have I mean okay my own experience I have worked with brands that give me really straightforward or flexible deliverables where it's like hey like we just need 2 to 3 minutes in your youtube video like it's totally up to you here is some talking points like doesn't like that's it like enjoy and like deadline is flexible and then there's some brands that are like please give 10 to 15 minutes zooming in on the the product showing it used here do this make sure to say this must be introduced within the first 30 seconds needs to be in the title um and, you know, some of it is manageable. Oh, and then they won't pay you. That's the thing. Oh, and we don't have a budget, um, but we'll give you this like product. And when it's like that, I just, it's not going to work. Like, we're, I'm not going to be able to do that collaboration. And I usually just turn it down. Um, yeah. So I think throughout just like experience and years of doing this, you start to tell right away when a brand is worth it. And you th- get the sense that it's going to be like a, a really good collaboration together or. You just get the feeling that they might be a bit more um, difficult to please, or be on the same page with, or might not respect your time and all of that. And I thought, I thought this one was going to be fine. So about a month ago, I agreed to, um, I guess, like promote some pieces of furniture. And I knew it was an unpaid collaboration, which should have been my first red flag. And I've talked about how I'm like the only times that I will accept an unpaid collaboration is if I really want the product or like agree with it or want to like help promote a smaller business or like, you know, there are some cases where I'm like, that's totally fine, like I don't mind. I'll unbox it. It's it can just be like a gift, like we're good. Um and a lot of the times you know with like PR boxes like they'll send you stuff without you even asking for it which is like different but that's like with PO unboxing where companies just send you new launches but this is more so like hey we want like a review video but we can't pay you um and sometimes they're really understanding if i'm you know explaining kind of like you know since this is unpaid like i can't promise all of this but i don't have a problem like unboxing it and you know, saying thank you in a video or linking it for you, like, no problem. And everything seemed to be going fine. So like we agreed on that and we got like a little bit of an estimate. And that's the thing, too. Like a lot of companies want to know when the video is going up before they even send out the product, which is very difficult to determine because I don't know when it's getting delivered. I don't that doesn't really give me a good deadline of like, okay, well, I don't know when I can get this done if the product that I need is isn't even here yet, And the best companies that I've worked with, which have been so many, I would list them if I could, are so open and understanding where they're like, basically just like, we don't care. Just show us the link when it's up. Take your time. We're good. Or if there is a deadline, it's like the 30th of the next month. So you have like a big window um, and they just respect your time and leave it at that. But I started to tell that this company was a bit more like hey, we sent out the product yesterday, where's the video? Or do you have the draft yet? And the other thing too, if brands ask you for a draft of the video, I usually only do that if it's a paid collaboration. Because obviously, if they're paying, giving you money, they want to make sure that you like completed all the deliverables and everything looks good, making sure that you don't need to add anything. I totally get it. If it's unpaid, if it's just a gift exchange, I do feel like it's a bit more up to me because this isn't like a paid collaboration at that point. It's, it's me promoting your product for free. So they also wanted to see a draft, which whatever, I don't mind sending it over. Like I was being very, very lenient with them. Um, and I mean, I also just didn't have a lot of brand deals going on at the time. So like I, it's fine. Um, but the really nice companies like i was mentioning like are very open and understanding about deadlines and then there's some where they'll ship out the product and then be like hey like we shipped it out yesterday did you get it yet is the video done um and it can be very stressful because it's like okay relax like i i need to have like a deadline and i will go by that deadline but in the meantime i'll get it done um and i could just Start to tell that this company was kind of like in my inbox a lot in the middle of the night, being like, "Hey, do you have the draft for us yet?" Even though my previous email said, "You know, I'm filming it this week. I'm gonna edit it the following days, and it should be, you know, done by this date." And they'll respond being like, "Okay, is the draft done though?" Like, what? Um, it's a long thread, and I did share it with my friend Maddie, who's been in the industry. As long as I have, if not longer, oh, probably about the same time. Um, so she has a lot of experience as well, and um, I haven't even gotten to like the part that made me send it to her. So basically, the last email exchange between me and this brand was them asking if my draft was done, and me telling them, you know, I'm in the middle of filming it. This is for like a makeover video too, so it was like it wasn't like a quick sit down video. It was like, hey, I'm doing a full ass makeover for you. And it's taking a while to complete and then i need to edit a lot more footage than a usual vlog because a lot of it involves like time lapses for makeovers and all of that so i told them you know i'm in the process of filming it this week and i will be editing it the following weekend going into that week but you know if all goes well the video would be ready to be uploaded most likely in september um and i didn't want to give them a specific date because when i've done that in the past or like told brands like this that i upload on a certain day um they are like when I told this brand that the video would be done in September the last week of August they emailed me again saying hey it's almost September is it done yet do you have the draft and I at this point like all my videos come out in order and I know this isn't like I don't have to tell the brand this and I don't but I know the order of my next like five videos. I record in that order, and I work from project to project, and a lot of them are correlating with different brands. So I know that this video needs to go up first, before this video, and then this one. So they were kind of like on deck, um, and that's why I said like I'm filming it now, going to edit it the following week. Like it's going to be out in September. Like it'll be posted in September. So it was kind of a, I mean, it was kind of annoying to be honest. In August when it wasn't even close to that video's time yet. And they were like, is it done yet? Because you said September. And that's what I didn't understand is I said it would most likely be posted in September. And it was August. And they were asking where the video was. Um, so that was the last email when I was saying it will most likely be done in September. And then they said, OK, waiting for your draft. And then randomly, keep in mind, this video is like ready to go. Like on time, exactly when I said it would be. I got the most unhinged email at like 3 in the morning from this company. I have never had a more unprofessional email come into my inbox in all caps saying gibberish and nonsense. And I was so taken aback by it and stunned that I was spoken to like that. I just could not believe it. Um, and I this is why I had to share the whole email thread here because I need to explicitly show That we agreed on a specific timeline that I updated them, that they said, okay, waiting for your draft. And that I said, most likely September. And then early September, when it was coming up, literally like less than a week before the video was done, I had already started editing it, like it was coming. She sends the most unhinged thing, calling me a procrastinator calling me a toxic collaborator, saying that I will be moved as one of the bad influencers and I was like, "What?" And half of it wasn't even like a full sentence, you know, like definitely either translator or something. And that's what like I don't know, it's harder to work with these like smaller random companies in China because of the language barrier and because of the time difference, because of just the unprofessionalism with working with brands. So I usually, like, I'm very cautious with that or just don't work with brands that I think don't treat me well. It was unhinged. It was in all caps. I wish I could show it. I was so taken aback, especially because, like, nothing had been triggered or, like, nothing had gone wrong. Like, we literally agreed. And I gave her my estimate, and she said, okay. And then the next email to come in was that. And it was long. It didn't make sense but she was name calling me. I am offended, like procrastinator. I don't like, I don't have to prove to anybody how hard I work, but I am not a procrastinator and I work my butt off to get everything done. And when I tell her it's going to be done at a certain date, it's going to be done a certain date. So it was so unnecessary, so uncalled for. And it really made me feel like I did want to share it because I've never been spoken to like that. I mean, brands are usually like, really nice and professional and i match their energy especially ones that are like located and i get a lot from san diego to be honest i don't know what's out there but a lot of the the social media representatives or talent managers or whatever's marketing teams i get they're out there in san diego for the most part but um everything is like sir surveillance through HR, everything's through email. Like everyone is very business professional, except for these random companies in China that will send you any type of product they can. Um, So I was very confused by it and very like heated and just like, what? Because now I had this whole video of me promoting their products that I didn't even want to share because of how she spoke to me. And I just cannot believe I was dealing with that especially so unprovoked. That was the most confusing thing. So I sent it to my friend Maddie and she was like my jaw dropped. She was like, "Michaela, I have never seen anything this bad before." And she has like her YouTube career is very I don't want to like share a lot of it cuz I know she kind of stopped doing that and works now as like an editor behind the scenes. I have heard some stories in the industry from her and so I trust her a lot and Having her be like, she's never seen anything worse. She can't believe how this woman talked to me. And she saw the whole email thread. I just emailed everything over to her so she could like get the whole backstory and figure it out. And she was so confused. And then, you know, she asked if it was even paid. And I was like, no, like this is like a gift exchange. And she was like, oh my gosh, for free. This is an unpaid collaboration. And she is coming at you this hard. <sighs> I can't believe it. I wish I could say more. I mean, I'm just going to talk about it to this extent because I don't want to say the name of the company. I don't want to like make it known. But I did want to vent a little bit because I try my best to be really transparent and share the side of creating that not many people talk about. You know, if you are a creator of some sort or working with brands or receiving emails, like trust your gut, um, you know, you'll start to kind of get the sense of companies that, respond well and treat you well and the ones that aren't as professional maybe be on the lookout for Maddie's convinced that the company like isn't even real I looked it up too and there was there was a bit of scamminess to it on Reddit but like if this were a real like supervised company there's no way she could send an email in all caps yelling at me the way she did and name calling a client like because any other company that had a social media marketing team or manager or whatever reaching out to an influencer like that would be fired. And the fact that she felt so comfortable to do that kind of was a red flag as well. Um, I still finished the video and posted it because it was filmed and whatever. But you guys know the inside scoop behind it. And I don't know if like. I just can't believe I was doing all that for free. And I know that's on me. And I do like, I wanted the pieces of furniture and I was like, why not? I don't mind shouting them out. It's a gift exchange. Like, thank you so much. No big deal. I think if it were like a paid collaboration, it would be very different. But I definitely need to be more careful now and probably work on getting a better team. Honestly, like, I was debating having Maddie respond for me from like a different email. even if it was just her representing me, because I think that middle person helps a lot. But yeah, I don't know. Just like some of the um, downsides, I guess, of unpaid collaborations, or I guess just more of like a cautionary story for creators to be on the lookout for, but if you're ever hesitant about a certain email or a company or a deal, shoot me a DM, and I can share some in- input. Um, if you're also a creator. There's got to be a way for me to like let you know what this company was because I also just don't want any of my other like YouTube or Instagram or TikTok friends that create content to work with this company. I not out of like spite, but just out of like, oh my gosh, be careful because they were really difficult to work with type of warning. Like one of my friends who blew up on Instagram, we used to like do YouTube collabs way way back in the day when you would do like YouTube collabs with people, but She recently really blew up on Instagram reels, making like mom content. So she recently had like a close friend story of a screenshot of her with this one vacuum company where she was like, FYI, like never work with this company. And she just kind of shared what they said over email. And I'm so glad that she gave me that heads up because she was just explaining how like basically very, very intense and specific they were with the details of the collab and how she made this whole video. And it like wasn't. Good enough and they wanted her to make the the spill like she had to like spill food and pick it up with this like mop and vacuum and they said like the spill didn't look realistic enough and she said like she knocked over her son's whole bowl of cereal onto the floor and she was like what wasn't realistic about that um and that they wanted her to like make it again or whatever and she just could not deal so she was warning like hey don't work with this company they are a lot And I'm so glad that she had me on that close friend story because guess what? They emailed me like the next week and I knew not to work with them because of that. And like I said earlier, like usually the brands are so understanding. And if you get a brand that knows what they're doing and have a and has a good reputation working with um, influencers, they're usually really understanding and they usually give you a lot of creative freedom because we know what we're doing best and they know what they're doing best. And there's that mutual respect. Um, but it's the companies that are so overbearing and specific and detailed. I had this one collab this summer. They were offering me $1,000, which is on average like a pretty a pretty good paycheck for like a collaboration. That's like honestly what you should be getting paid if you're around the same numbers as me. So I was like, sweet. Like they know what how it's done. Like love it. And then I did the whole video. They had a contract, they had deliverables, like set all the talking points, made the whole video for it, sent it over for approval, and they were like, Well, I was working with like the the rep who had his client and he was saying how his clients were like really confused because they were hoping I would do a video review of the product. Like the ones where I'm like, hey guys, like today I'm gonna be reviewing this electronic for you. And that's not my content. And the video would flop so hard if I did that. And I was confused because it wasn't in the specifics at all. Like I did the talking points, three to five minutes. I included the coupon. I said everything about it. They wanted just a video of that portion. And they asked, like, oh, well, could you upload that time frame of your video separately, which it wouldn't make any sense. And my whole audience would be like, what? And I could have for an easy $1,000. But I was like, no. like." I don't know. So that one ended up not working out and falling through based on like miscommunication. But that was another example of when I thought it was like finally like a brand that respects and like treats me the way I should be treated and like knows the value of like my work. And then it didn't end up being what it was. Um, and I've started to notice that a little bit more than before. Like back in 2020, 2021, before the rise of TikTok, honestly. YouTube collabs were still hot. I was getting paid well. Everyone was understanding. And now with TikTok, I feel like a lot of campaigns go to TikToks, which makes sense. And then, you know, you got to filter through some for YouTube as well. But just a little update on kind of the brand side or collaboration side of YouTube at the moment, because it's not looking good. Like, it is what it is. And I do my best. And I am very professional and prompt in my emails and cuz you know it is a reflection of me as the creator online and i think i've mentioned this before too but you never know like where a relationship with someone will go or like what will come out of that um so it's always important to focus on building good relationships with brands rather than like the collaboration itself because perhaps someone that you're working with right now at a small company works with you for a collaboration and really likes her experience or their experience working with you. And then maybe a year or two years later, they get hired at like a really, really big company that works with influencers. They might remember you and that experience and want to work with you again. So I do think it's really important. And that's what really sucks about this, is I was just so confused by what went wrong or how she even like felt like it was OK to speak to somebody like that. Um, Yeah, if you know me personally, I can show you the email, but it is, like, beyond what I even have shared. Um, And I wanted some feedback from Maddie and, like, other people, too, because I was just like, what the hell? And I wanted someone else to almost, like, validate that I thought it was that bad, because I think it's awful, but I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. But it was pretty bad. She said it was the worst thing she's ever seen, and she's seen a lot in the industry in terms of, like, brand emails and whatever, so... I was dealing with that this week and it was really stressful and I was so scared every single night that she was going to email me um, again and I did respond and I just kind of said straight up like I have never been spoken to like this by a brand in my whole career um, and told her that you know the video is coming up as I said it was I included a screenshot of the message beforehand when I thought we were on the same page and just how I cannot communicate with her if she's going to speak to me like that so I'm just going to forward it to my team um and that was that and then I just can't deal with it after that so that happened this week as well um yeah little brand collaboration from hell story time gosh you know the there's a part of me that wants to fully share it or just show part of it but you know there's no what am I gonna get out of that you know Besides, like, feeling like I'm on some high horse, the higher horse to be on is not saying anything at all, in my opinion, which is why I'm not even like sharing the name of what happened or whatever. But I do feel like my podcast is, in a way, a really good outlet for me. It's a really good therapeutic way for me to chat and tell you some more personal things in my life. And I feel like the people that listen to the podcast, are the ones that at least deserve to hear that story. And I really do appreciate you tuning in every week, or even if it's just this week, thank you. So at the end of each podcast episode, I like to talk about the TV shows and movies that I've watched this week, as well as the books that I've read. And I surprisingly have read a lot of books this week for a week, for seven days. Um, Started the spooky season off hot this week and Ashton and I watched Coraline over the weekend I have had such an itching to watch this film I love it it's one of my favorite movies ever for obvious reasons and Ashton surprisingly had never seen it so of course I'm like oh my gosh we have to watch it and the whole time you know I'm like trying not to tell him all these details or over explain it but as soon as it was over you know I'm looking at him with wide eyes being like so what did you think um I Even wrote my senior college research paper on the cat and Coraline. Like, which is so insane that there's so much information on the cat or Coraline in general that I can write a whole research paper my senior year of college for it. But I know a lot about this movie, a lot of like juicy facts behind the scenes that I kept wanting to share with him. But the soundtrack, the music, the animation, the aesthetics, the color of it, like, everything is beautiful in that film so we watched that i also really wanted to see the new adam sandler movie on netflix you were so not invited to my bat mitzvah it was so cute so funny so nostalgic it reminded me of seventh grade so much in a way of like i'm so glad i'm not in seventh grade anymore (laughs) if that makes sense like they really did capture it and I think it was on Trisha's podcast actually, because she was talking about it too. I guess that Adam Sandler's daughters, who are also in the film, that's what was really cool about it. That made me kind of want to see it. Is the whole Sandler family is in it? Like, obviously Adam Sandler, and then he, his daughters in the film are his real daughters in real life, and then their mom is also in the film. Adina Menzel is their mom in the show, in the film, which is so cool. I love Adina Menzel. Um, but the the Sandler mom is somebody else's mom in the film, so I thought that was really funny. Um, but I guess that his daughter is like helped create a lot of the lines for the teenagers to make it more realistic because you know if like old boomers or even millennial um, millennials write. The script for a teenager it can come off so fake and so cringy and I've seen a lot of shows on Netflix where the script for teenagers was hard to bear because I'm like that is like they would never talk like that um so I think that helped make it just feel not as stiff like really real and nostalgic which is why it was so good because all of the scenes with these seventh grade kids was like it hit the nail on the head, but it was a really good coming of age girlhood movie. And that was the thing too. It kind of felt very like meant for meant for girls, not like, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's not like gender specific, but after we watched it, Ashton was saying, you know, like it was good, I just like don't really feel like it was meant for me or like if I I didn't feel like I was the target audience, which makes sense. Like I really liked it, but that's because I could relate to it so much. Like I remember seventh grade being like that I remember the girls being like that I remember feeling that way as a seventh grade girl and he just doesn't have that connection to the plot or the characters at all so it was a bit harder for him to enjoy it but definitely had its funny moments and it was good it was it made me feel it was like a wholesome little comedy film and I just like that the Sandler's family was in it I'm not the biggest Adam Sandler fan I'm really not I thought Ashton would be more than I am which is why I thought he'd want to see it with me but Um, I would give it, like, probably an 8 or 9 out of 10. I think he gave it, like, a 5 or something, which is fair. Um, We also saw The Big Short on Netflix. Um, It has a really good cast of, like, a ton of big actors. Robert Pattinson, Ryan Gosling, um, Margot Robbie, surprisingly, for, like, a hot minute. Selena Gomez. It, It felt so random, but it was basically about the 2008 economy crash and recession and kind of like what caused it as well as some people that actually predicted it so it was cool to learn about because at the time i was playing dance dance revolution in my parents basement and asking for webkins like i had no idea what was going on so it was interesting to kind of learn about um from a new perspective perspective is that the word i was trying to say uh, and then we fell asleep to that documentary on cats on Netflix, where it's like the science behind cat or the behavioral science behind cats. Honestly, I was disappointed. If you own a cat or if you've even just like looked at a cat, I feel like you would know more than what they were trying to talk about. Basically they were like, cats have feelings, cats are smart, cats know who their owners are. I'm like, yeah, duh, have you ever had a cat? <laughs> so I, I was hoping to learn something and I honestly didn't. But lots of footage of cats in that movie so or in that documentary but that's everything that we watched this week books i don't remember if i mentioned finishing did you hear about kitty Carr last week i know i finished it like right on the cusp of recording the podcast episode so i'm not sure but i did finish that book that was my book club book and it was so good i have not had a book like that like have me in such a chokehold since the seven husbands of evelyn hugo and i have been searching for a book that would give me the same feeling this one was it it was so good it doesn't have like a big big plot twist but there is a portion in the plot where it does shift and clicks and you're like oh my gosh and then it starts to make sense and you get really hooked and it kind of travels through a few different decades and family and it's it's good i'll it it's okay though like if you if you read it definitely give it like halfway in before giving up if you're not feeling it because it took me a while to get into it it really did like I wasn't that connected to the characters or the plot I didn't really know where it was going but once I figured it out I was very attached and I'd say I was about 35 percent of the way in at that point so it did take a little bit longer than usual but after that I finished it so fast it was really good um because that one one was for book club and it was a bit denser than the books that I or I guess I read a handful of dense books before that, but I needed a quick palette cleanser. So I read Maybe Someday by Colleen Hoover. I refer to Colleen Hoover's books as palette cleansers when I don't want to think, when I want to read something silly and nonsense and like easy. Like to me her books are like the easy palette cleanser reads and I take it back about what I've said. So, okay, I read it's. It Ends With Us last summer. And despite popular feedback, I guess, I hated that book for so many reasons. Now, there were some Colleen Hoover books that I did enjoy. Like, Reminders of Him was one of my favorites. Verity was pretty good. Um, Heartbones was really good good that one felt like a summer book like I loved that one but maybe someday sucked oh my gosh like if you like Colleen Hoover I just don't think you'd like that book it is one of her earlier books it was written in 2014 so I do wonder if she just hadn't found that like sweet spot with writing yet um basically it's just a text thread of a man who's playing guitar for his female roommate that guess what? He's really attracted to, but oh no, he's in a relationship. Whatever is he gonna do? Cheat. And that's not even spoiling it. Like, that's it. Oh okay, I guess this is kind of like a spoiler, but like please don't read this book. It sucks. Um, oh no, he kissed her. My girlfriend's gonna be so mad. Um, guess what? His girlfriend She understood, she gets it. She was so understanding, like, what? Of course, like, I get it, babe. Like, go date her, you're fine. You know what, I don't deserve you. Like, I just wanna live my life. We could, like, what the fuck? It was like the weirdest book, I did not like it. And there was no like, buildup, there was nothing. If you're reading, also side note, this is not what I meant by that, but side note, if you read Colleen Hoover for smut, this has zero smut in it. You're not going to get anything out of this book. Um, Yeah, it was not her best work. So I read that. Um, And then I started The House on the Lake by Riley Sager yesterday, and I'm already halfway done with it. It is so good. I wanted to read that in the fall for like a little spooky thriller book. I might have to get more books by Riley Sager because I'm already halfway done and it's September like 12th when I'm recording this. So Um, I was a little bit worried that it would be too scary or that, you know, it's, I haven't read a book by this author yet, so I didn't know what to expect, but it's got me good. And everybody on Instagram that saw that I was reading this book told me that there were so many twists that they didn't see coming. So I'm already like trying to predict the big twists and I don't know if I'm correct yet, but I'm doing my best. And then this one friend on Instagram said that she didn't predict anything. So I I can't put it down. I mean if I'm already halfway done, I could finish it tonight or tomorrow. But really, really good. And then I don't know what I'm gonna read next. I just filmed a big TBR to be read video on TikTok. I'm getting into book talk. TikTok has figured it out. TikTok knows that I'm I like book talk and I'm on book talk suddenly and everyone is sharing their fall TBR list. So I made my own video of that. So Definitely check that out and I'm going to be reading some of those books on that list. I want to get some more spooky books, you know? Tis the season for a thriller. So I think I might ask my book club if they want to like read a thriller next, since we have to choose our October or like our September going into October book. I have a little list made, so we'll see. But that is everything that I've read and watched this week, as well as my weekly recap and my fall bucket list and my brand collab story that I have been dealing with, but I would love to hear your feedback. Um, definitely reach out on Instagram or any other platform that you can, um, and let me know your thoughts. Let me know what's on your bucket list and yeah, give me some book recommendations too. If you know any good thrillers that I might like, I would love to hear about it, but I will chat to you guys or I will chat with you guys next week, but have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll chat soon. Bye.